0: Hello and welcome to
1: Ken grotesquely small and young.
0: The podcast following my journey as I aim to learn all about baseball. Uh, now normally it's one major league team at a time, but today we're doing a very special minor league episode with a former uh, player from the Orioles organization, Stuart Levy. So uh, after all this time, there's been a player my exact same name, almost exact same age out there playing. So Stuart, welcome to the show thank you so much for having me so you
2: say it do you say it levy or leaving
0: yeah that was my my number one question so I, I i would say stuart levy that was how my parents would say it but other people from my city Nottingham, might say stuart levy but for you mm-hmm. how about for you well we say levy uh levy. so maybe
2: there's this, that's the f- first thing we found that's like a little bit different but uh it's always been levy everybody calls me levy though or
0: levi or something weird i'm like it's only four letters come on <laughs> yeah it's funny enough my old uh, school friends they call me levi but that's on that's intentional they know it's wrong which is why they why they call it me so uh yeah it's good to uh get to form this little little club of uh of stuart levy's so stuart <laughs> thank you for 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 joining i know we said when we were speaking before Let's just double check. There's not so many parallels. What are your your parents' names? So I
2: have Larry and Deborah are my parents.
0: Good. So I'm a Katie and David. So it would have been any any similarities would have been would have been worried. Still very strange. I also yeah. have
2: a, a brother Sterling and a sister Melissa.
0: Oh no, goodness! I've got sister Claire and brothers Ross and Alex. So no, we're we're good. Okay. We're off the hook for the immediate family. Okay. Um, but one of the uh, similarities, so you play for a team called the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the city I was born was Aberdeen in Scotland. No way. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, i that was,
2: that was the first
0: place they shipped me to. That is so yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in uh, in, in Nottingham, uh, down in England, where um, mm-hmm. the legendary soccer player was also called Stuart, Stuart Pierce um so again i wasn't born there so i wasn't named after him although uh, i do have a friend called stuart who was named after the player stuart pierce but that's so wild yeah that's an, it's, uh, it's crazy have you ever googled mm-hmm. yourself yeah there's a, there's a film there's a filmmaker a Japan an american maker of japanese movies or something i think on the wikipedia page for stuart levy he, he's the top top response i've seen a lot of doctors too yeah so that's uh, that, that's neither of us we're with us uh we've still got some way to go before before we're the top result on Google. That's all right. Yeah. So we were first connected uh very funnily on on Monday when a uh, a Twitter account called The Baltimore Battery uh tagged me in a post commemorating your retirement from playing. So we'll start with there and then um then go back work our way back so why why did you Retire. We're, we're both thirty years old. We're both worth we're young guys. So, what? What was the, what caused your final decision?
2: Well, with after COVID, so oh, right before COVID, I asked for my release from the Orioles, and then I kind of lucked out by doing that in, in the time frame I did. And then I started. I played a couple years of indie ball, and just they they cut the minor leagues down. You're only allowed to have 180 guys in your entire. Organization now, okay. I think, or at least in the minor leagues, and so they placed roster limits where there weren't any before, and then it's just it's been tough sledding. Like people that are killing it in indie ball, or or even in the Mexican league, just nobody's getting signed unless you're a pitcher throwing 100 miles an hour. So I hit 30, and you don't make a lot of money playing minor league baseball, and I kind of wanted to go make some money, and plus my body was just killing me when you catch
0: every single day your body just kind of breaks down so you you could feel that there's a mixture of the internal factors you could kind of feel that you had been playing playing enough ball but also the external factors i mean was it purely post-covid cost cutting why those rosters were were shrunk or is there another reason behind it behind the rosters getting cut mm-hmm. i think i think i don't want to
2: i don't want to speak you know, yeah. crazily here, but I think, I think COVID was used as a big uh, power grab by a lot of people, and especially MLB, mm-hmm. because they could have been playing like in May or June, but they just kept negotiating, negotiating. And I think part of it, part of the negotiations that fell through was, or that, that went through was to cut the minor leagues down. I think they had been wanting to do that
0: for a while. Okay. So just get fewer broadcasters or with maybe the, advent of of streaming there's too much competition for for eyeballs and yeah so it's, it's interesting interesting to hear that maybe yeah a 30 year old in in 2023 has has different options in terms of what you're doing now which I'm sure we'll we'll come to but also perhaps those there's, there's less need to be playing on and playing on until until really at the end so mm-hmm. but no, let's start at, at the start so you are from uh Little Rock, Arkansas that's where you were born and grew up I know that sounds just wild to a lot of your listeners because
2: it's like Yeller over in England. and i'm j- I've always wanted to go to London really bad. I've always wanted to go there. Uh, it's a pretty long flight, though. yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm from the middle of kind of nowhere America um, in Arkansas. It's just north of Louisiana, northeast of Texas, in Little Rock, the capital city. Uh, it's Maybe about three hundred thousand people. If you add up the whole Greater Little Rock area, it's maybe about a half a million. Our whole state has maybe two million total, three million maybe. Uh, born and raised, lived here my whole life, um, except for the
0: kind six of, or seven road, years I was yeah. playing playing baseball. Yeah. So when you when you grew up, baseball was. The number one activity there was no football there's no basketball it was just baseball or were you a good all-round sportsman in in high school
2: i i only played baseball in high school but i always played other sports i always um baseball was always my number one um i just my dad was a baseball player he he pitched in college he was a pitcher and so and then every night i was just enamored we had uh Back in the day, we used to have, we, we'd get every Braves game every night. So I grew up a Braves okay. fan. It was on uh, TNT or TBS, one of the two. And so I'd watch every game, and I just fell in love with watching Javi Lopez. And so, uh, yeah, it was always baseball. I played a little basketball. I was never very good. Uh, I could shoot if no one was remotely near me. But as soon as someone was in my area code, I
0: was I was no good. Fair enough, but you had that um, talent for baseball. Were you always always a catcher? Because I'm, again, I'm still still learning the sport of our positions and are uh, around the field. You you can't really change you. You knew from a very young age that you were good at at the catcher on, and on the left field.
2: Well, yeah, and if I if at any point I, if I use any like baseball lingo because I know it's kind of new, uh, if I use any baseball lingo that's out of your realm or anybody's realm, just have me slow down because I don't even
0: realize it. To be honest with you, yeah, no, um, no it's, it's happy again. It's, I've actually had a. I, I contacted a, a researcher, so one of my previous guests, uh, Charlie. He was very, very keen to hear that I was speaking to you. So he gave me a few, a few tips. That question came from him about the positions. So um, we, he thinks, it would be again interesting just to hear. Yeah, about the, the catching. Again, that's something you're always, always super good at, or so super really interested in. It was always something I wanted to do. Uh, when I was a kid,
2: you you can ask my parents, I fell in love with watching Hobby Lopez catch because I thought that his gear looked very cool. He's the only one on the field besides the batter wearing a helmet that's wearing gear. And I was like, oh, that looks so awesome. And so when I started playing, obviously you don't, when you play t-ball, that's like the very, very lowest part of baseball is t-ball. There's no need for a catcher, but once you get a little higher, I always wanted to catch. And so I spent a lot of time in my driveway. We have a big brick wall on the side of my house. I spent a lot of time in my driveway, just throwing a tennis ball against that. And so I guess I kind of was training when I didn't realize I was training, I was just having fun. And so when I started catching, I was the only kid on the team that could actually catch the ball. And so by default, I kind of became the catcher, but it's always what I wanted to do. You're never bored you're like, if you play left field, you might get a couple fly balls a game, maybe. If you're catching, you're in every single pitch and you are the only one that is facing that way while everybody
0: else is facing you. Do you get to like see the whole field? I just love that. So you loved it. It's almost like maybe from, again, the basketball background as well. So it's not just, I guess, standing in the line waiting for your turn to be at bat, being at the catcher. Like you say, it's one of those few positions where you've got that full, For full interest level. So um, throughout high school, then at what point did you know or did you hope that you'd get a a college scholarship to go to baseball? Were you even as a a junior in high school or a freshman? Were you on the team or how did that part of your, your career work? Well, when I was. The rules
2: have changed a lot since I. Was going through the recruiting process. When it used to be that, I think it was like July 2nd, you were, I could be mixing this up with the international signing date. I think it was like July 2nd, June 1st, whatever, between your junior and senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. colleges were allowed to start contacting you. They could recruit, they could like come watch you, but they couldn't talk to you. I think that's much different now, but I, day one, uh, I'd been pretty good in high school. I wasn't like great, but I was really good at catching um the bat was always kind of here and there but then I got a bunch of calls on uh that first day and then just I think by I had a few coaches actually come to my house and sit down with me and my parents and then by uh I think October of that year of I don't remember what year that was 2014 so into my actual senior year I had already signed to go to Arkansas State
0: Okay, so that was um, you. You picked them, or you were picked by them because that's where you were from, or they promised you the most playing opportunities, or what? What made you made you choose that?
2: Well, I, I went to Arkansas for like a invite only camp thing, right? Okay. around that same time, it was, it was probably the end of the summer, and I did really well. The problem was um, Arkansas had. I was one hundred and sixty pounds. I don't. Kilos, I don't know what that would be. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out yeah, later. <laughs> I know it's 2.2. 2. It's it's, yeah. it's hard for me to keep track, but so I apologize for that. But uh, I was really small, and they had other guys at that camp that maybe weren't as – I felt like I was really polished, but they were a lot more physical than me, so they, they ended up going with them. And they told me to come and join the team, and Arkansas has got a really good baseball team. Mm-hmm. They're always top five nationally ranked. They go to the college world series all the time, but they told me that they were like, you're going to red shirt your freshman year. You're not going to play. We'll talk about playing time your sophomore year. And so I, some other universities that I had talked to were, were saying, you know, you're, you're going to get a chance to play right away. And one of those is Arkansas state. And the deciding factor for me to choose to go there was, uh, coach Tommy Raffo came to my house and he was like a stud in college. Uh, and he had coached in the SEC for seventeen years, or something like that, And he had just gotten a job at a state a couple years before that. sat on my couch, hung out. My mom made him some cake and stuff. It was she she <laughs> went all out. and uh, I don't know, I just I just you know fell in love with the guy. he 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 says the right things. He's one of the best human beings I've ever met. So
0: that just kind of sold me right away he's he's still there now so his he's still that, that legend of of arkansas still bringing through the next next generation of of stewart levy's
2: oh yeah <laughs> i don't know about Stuart levy's but uh yeah he's definitely <laughs> there he's uh i talked to him just a couple days ago he's he's getting ready to i think school starts here in a couple weeks so i think they they start practicing
0: usually about the second or third week of school okay so he's still 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 there still so dedicated to to, to his craft um so through college career so you and i said you were didn't play in in the freshman year but but you eventually got in, in into the team you had quite a successful college career so how, how did the the draft dra- drafting work
2: well actually i i did start my freshman year i started oh, sorry, i,
0: okay.
2: I mm-hmm. started over over half the games i don't remember the exact number yeah. uh it was definitely nerve-wracking because you're 18 years old out there playing against grown men that are like 22 sometimes 23 24 depending on if they've had injuries um but college was an absolute blast i mean it it is a, a lot different from high school where it's just like oh you know i play baseball and it's just mm-hmm. kind of something i do to where it's this is your entire life you go to class and you go to practice you'd wake up at 5 a.m you go to wait You go to class, you go to practice, repeat it tomorrow, every single day. And yeah, it was just an absolute blast going to college. Um, A lot of really good competition that we played against. And then as you get to playing, it's like, okay, well, all right, I'm a junior and I'm starting to get a lot of things in the mail from major league organizations. Mm -hmm. And then you'll, you'll turn around when you're like on deck and you're about to go hit and you see a bunch of people filming you. And it's a little... A little intimidating. Uh, I remember being at Houston State or what is it? No, Houston Baptist.
1: Okay.
2: Really cold, and I turned around and there was probably twenty-five scouts. I don't know if they were there for me, but they were there. Yeah. and They all have their phones up and they got these little cameras and they're filming you. And then the next, and I I did really well that weekend. And then the next weekend we were playing at in at a tournament in Atlanta, but it wasn't really a tournament. We just played. Louisville, three games in a row, and they were number seven in the nation. And we ended up beating them twice, and should have beat them the third game, but we kind of ran out of pitching. And they had a bunch of really – they had, like, Will Smith, who's with the Dodgers now. They had Corey Ray, who went, like, sixth overall. Kyle Funkhauser, who was a first-rounder. I think he might have dropped to the second round. I can't really
0: remember because he turned it down. Like uh, other well-known players who you uh, were holding your own up against, yeah.
2: I did well, and there was there was at least 30 scouts there from mm-hmm. every single organization, uh, cross-checkers there, which is like a level above scouts. And so, eventually, after that, the floodgates kind of opened, uh, but I didn't get drafted my junior year. It was really strange. Okay. So, you, you're not allowed to get drafted until after your junior year mm-hmm. if you go to a four-year school. And so, everybody was telling me, oh, you're going to get drafted, you're going to get drafted. And so I was really excited. And um, and it's a big difference between junior and senior year because if you go in your junior year, you have leverage. And you can say, oh, well, you're going to pay me what I think I'm worth, or I'm just going to go back to school. Well, when you're a senior, you have no leverage. They fact, just give you all or nothing by that time. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. And so um, my junior year, the draft day comes, and I don't go on the first 10 rounds, which I wasn't really expecting to, mm-hmm. but I had a good junior year. And then the day before the 10th round started, or the 11th round started, or like an hour before that, I should say, I get a call from a scout from the Orioles. And he says, hey, will you take a little bit less money? And I wasn't asking for much in the grand scheme. And I was like, sure, I just, I just want to play. And he was like, all right, we'll sit by the phone. We're about to take you between rounds 11 and
0: 15. I was like, perfect and i never heard from them again just okay. didn't get drafted uh, so and you so were I, sat at, at home at your parents house during this or were you at school or where, where, where were you waiting by the phone i was at my parents house
2: uh preparing for summer ball but expecting to be drafted and then i just mm-hmm. it just didn't happen so for i was heartbroken and for an entire year i absolutely hated the orioles for doing that yeah. to me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then senior year I didn't have a very good senior year, but I was still a good catcher and teams need catchers. And so when the draft day came, I didn't talk to the Orioles at all. I talked to everybody else. I'd sit down meetings. The the Red Sox made me do some computer program where it shoots baseballs at you and you have to click the space bar every time you think you're going to hit it. And then they move. And I guess I didn't do that well on that because they never (laughs) called me again. But uh didn't talk to the Orioles at all and then I get a call from Nathan Showalter and Mike Bullinger on draft day saying hey we just took you and i we just started
0: freaking out at my house okay yeah had a little champagne and mm-hmm. kind of partied after that it was a good time and did they ever explain what had happened the previous year or they still didn't mention it again why they sort of messed you around that previous year I brought
2: it up but I never got a solid answer I think it's it's tough in the draft room i understand there's probably 30 people in there 20 people in there and they're all jockeying trying to get their guy yeah and it ultimately comes down to you know who they just decide to go with who there's one guy that has the final say and so
0: he's the one making the final decision i think it's, maybe it was just as they said there's so many people recommending that they have their own own catcher from various corners of the country and just yeah I mean mm-hmm. certainly from a, a decency point of view that they could have could have rang you back but yeah I mean they, they risked out on missing out for you and they got you got you eventually that that following year so um so this was I'm looking at your uh baseball reference stats. this was the summer 2015 where this where you were drafted is, is that right 2015 yeah it was a tough 15. summer yeah <laughs> so then you well, what happens immediately then so you had the champagne and celebrating it in your parents house and then you had to travel to baltimore the next day or you were sent to some random affiliate in the other corner of the country what is the the process from being drafted to actually next playing playing baseball so i didn't hear from them for two or three days after that so i was
1: okay
2: i kept checking twitter just like did i actually get drafted did yeah. i dream all of that and so I remember I was at a stoplight driving, and I got a call from this super sweet lady that works for the Orioles. I hope she's still working there because she was the best. Her name is Maria. Mm-hmm. But if you've ever met Maria, Maria whispers. She doesn't really talk very loud. <laughs> and so I couldn't understand her, and so I just thought it was spam and just hung up on her. <laughs> but then they called back. Hey, Stuart. That's kind of how she talks. Yeah. I, I love her to death. She was always super sweet to me, but she just doesn't speak very loudly, and I don't hear that well. I guess it's from being close to bats mm-hmm. hitting balls right next to my head, you know. But um, then she said, "Okay, well, you're going to be on a flight tomorrow to Aberdeen.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, you're going to land in Baltimore, and then we're going to take you to Aberdeen. And when I landed, my it was only two of us and or three of us in the car, and it was." Me and another catcher, Jerry McClanahan, and then Cedric Mullins. And we all got in the car. We don't know who each other are. We don't know anything about each other. It's just like, hey, we're on the same team now. So uh, then they took me to Aberdeen and night, and and then my permanent roommate became Cedric for the rest of the summer, or not
0: not until I got moved to uh, the GCL after that. Okay, so your your time at um, Aberdeen. This was so your your teammates. They were all somehow affiliated to the Orioles, or were there some sort of old old timers who were in the late twenties, thirties, never been drafted, and they were sort of um, suspicious of you as, as as the new kid on the block, or that they were just all, all all used to that sort of sort of thing happening e- each summer.
2: Oh no, it's uh, it's just like the lowest level of the minor league, so they're all mm-hmm. Orioles. Not yeah. Like- Players, I guess you could say Uh, some had been in the organization for at least a year and they had just spent time in like it's it's all very complicated, but they had spent time in like what's called extended spring training. And then that team comes up to what is called short season or short season's not really a thing anymore, but it was short season, which Mm -hmm. only plays about 70 games. And then all the new draft guys, new guys that just got signed are there. So pretty much everybody's mostly new, except a handful of uh,
0: guys that have been there maybe a year or two at the most. Um, yeah, so, so you're all kind of a team or trying to form a, a team and and win games, but equally you're kind of also competing against each other to move up those minor league rankings. Is that, is that the impression or you forget the competition and you're all just there to to play as a team and to win ball games.
2: It's very strange when you get to the minor leagues, because when you come from college or high school, your your goal is just to, yeah, I want to do well, specifically myself, but I also want to win. I, you know, we're Every year, we would set a goal in college of like, we're going to go to the College World Series, we're going to win conference, we're going to do this and that. And then when you get to the minor leagues, there's really no emphasis. I mean, they want you to win, they don't want you to lose, but mm-hmm. you're more there to develop than you are to win um so it's you spend a lot of time just working on yourself if you lose it's not like the worst thing in the world you don't want to lose but you're really trying to learn the system especially as a new player in the organization especially as a catcher where you have to learn like what do they want from me what how do you want me to handle the pitching staff what do they want me to do as a hitter and things like that and then when it gets to Winning, it's just like that's a bonus on top of it. But they don't want you to lose, but winning is not the ultimate goal, really. So you meet all these new guys, and some guys don't even speak English, and it's all very brand new, and so you're trying to learn Spanish. and uh, It was just honestly a lot of fun. And there was a lot of a lot of way, way more guys on, on a short-season roster than there are on a normal-season roster. There's like 40. So when you okay. take a bus trip, mm-hmm. every seat is full. And actually, a lot of my best friends in the world I met on that team. In fact, I just went to one of my teammates' weddings in New York City about a month ago. Steve Loreno just got married up there, and I met him on that team.
0: Great guy. Uh, So it's, um, I guess I I caught it wrong or got the Amnesty wrong in my initial question. So it is, you are there to improve, and everyone knows that you're there almost like Kind of an extend extension of college. You're probably living in small dorms or small small shared accommodation, taking these big forty-person bus trips. It must be, as well as being serious athletes, but there's a bit of a bit of a fun, pressure-free side as well. Yeah, for sure. There's a pressure-free side, but it's
2: also I could be released at any single moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we see people get released and they just you know their dreams are getting crushed. It's tough. But the minor leagues are not glamorous in any way. Um, <laughs> They're better the higher you go up. Like, AAA is not bad. But when you're in short season, it's about as bad as a – GCL is pretty bad. And I've never been in the Dominican Summer League, but it's pretty
0: bad. (laughs) You you hear stories.
2: (laughs) They tell us, hey, first day, you're staying in the hotel for – you got three days in the hotel, and then it's on you to find where you have to stay. Whereas now they actually have to find the house. Play yeah. Yeah. There was none of that. It was. So there's no get quiet on voice. Maria's
0: on the phone getting your apartment. No.
2: <laughs> no, none of that. It was get on Facebook and hopefully find somebody nice enough to take you in and let you stay in their house.
0: Yeah. So there must be a small yeah community of, of people in in towns like uh, Aberdeen and Bowie and the Delmarva, wherever you were you were mm-hmm. sent. That's, I guess, has had almost made a, a small half career rather than putting their room on Airbnb they're instead welcoming the future future Orioles in into their home um so you said that the yeah Aberdeen Maryland was 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 a high point but so where else were you sent always in in Maryland or were you in completely different corners of, of the USA? So, when
2: I got drafted, that they sent me to Aberdeen,
0: mm-hmm. and I
2: think the original plan was to send me to the GCL because I wasn't drafted very highly.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: there was actually two or three catchers taken in front of me. And one of them was my buddy, Chris Shaw from Canada. And so he mm-hmm. had to work on his visa. But once his visa got handled, they sent him to Aberdeen and sent me to the Gcl. so i I had only been there two or three weeks and I'm getting sent down. yeah, and so I got. I had my car at that point, got my car, drove all the way to Florida, which is where the GCL is. uh, It used to be the Gulf Coast League. I don't know. It's called like the FCL now. I'm not fundamental. I'm not really sure what it is. But uh, I I cried the whole way because I'm like, I'm already getting demoted. I haven't been here. What did I do wrong? But it actually ended up being probably the best thing for me because I got to go down there where there's the GCL is absolute baseball hell if you talk to anybody that's ever played in the gcl it is hell it's cool because you're playing professional baseball mm-hmm. but you're making three hundred dollars maybe six hundred dollars a month uh you're playing day games in florida in july when it's 95 degrees yeah, and cool, 95 great humidity. Yeah. every game by about the third inning i thought i was going to pass out hmm. and that's that's not a joke at all. I thought about every game about going to my manager and being like, I I think I'm going to have a heat stroke, but I'd always kind of stick it out. and I never pulled myself out of the game, but it built a lot of character. I got to focus mainly on baseball because there's really nothing else to do. You go to the hotel and you go to play baseball. There's nothing else. Sarasota is a really cool town, but I mean, you're there to play baseball. You're not there to party or anything. and I got to work on my hitting and I, I got to work with uh, this one hitting coach named Milt May who played with the Pirates back in the day and working with him every single day got me so much better and honestly I could have been released if it weren't for Milt May cuz I was not doing well when I got there and then he just made it very simple and we worked on it all the time spent a lot of his time with a lot of his time with me and got me right so it it turned out to be a blessing
0: yeah, it certainly sounds, as you said, within those crazy temperatures, and I guess uh, playing in front of very few fans or not so many fans who are able to withstand that heat unless there were... Literally zero, zero fans.
2: There mm-hmm. there would be, like, some firemen that would come by on their uh, lunch break.
0: Okay. That was about it. Like, two or three. Yeah. Know, but at least you had had milk mil available to... As I you said, you've only now got positive things to, to look back on. It almost made you... At, at that time time of your career but as you said the the sooner you can get out of there there the better but someone like milt as, as a coach he is there because he is good at coaching young prospects or he himself as a coach was trying to get out of the leagues as, as soon as possible what what would his his aims have been you can kind of feel that out with some coaches of whether they're there to advance
2: themselves or advance you and milt was definitely there to advance you uh he mm-hmm. had played I don't know how many years in the big leagues Won a World Series with the Pirates. He just, he lived down the street in Bradenton, right down the street from Sarasota. And just, he loved baseball. He he loves working on his farm and he loves talking hitting. So, uh, Milt really helped me out and got me hitting well. And then as the season went on, uh, I thought I was done. I, GCL ends much earlier than all the, the
0: mm-hmm. other
2: full season teams. And so I think it was like my last day or second to last day. They called me in and I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting released. Because every time you get called in, it's usually not good. Mm -hmm. And they called me in and they said, hey, Austin Wins got hurt in high A. I think he rolled his ankle or something. Mm -hmm. You're going to high A. And so when I went to high A, which was in – they sent me straight. They were on the road. They were playing in North Carolina. I'm trying to remember the city. A um, blanket on the city, but it was a really nice ballpark. Mm-hmm. It was the Winston Winston Salem Winston Salem Dash, super nice ballpark. Like five thousand people there the first night, wow. and it was a night game. And so it was like, oh, finally, <laughs> this is what real baseball feels like. And I ended up doing really well, and that kind of
0: boosted me on to yeah. sticking around a little longer in the organization. Mm-hmm. So I think we said so you were eventually with the Orioles for four seasons, so right up until the end of 2019. So it's so what, 16, 17, four and a half years, five and a half years, you were officially an Oriole? Mm-hmm. So, yes, sir. So that works every spring. You would be with, what, 100 other players, 180 other players, all at the same spring training, or you were spring training already in the individual affiliate teams. How does that, that, that part of it work? It's
2: You do get brought down to Florida I think it started every year around uh, Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. was usually the first day of camp if you were uh, you could go to early camp which was usually two weeks before that and just kind of get a head start Mm -hmm. and and they just would select people to do that I was fortunate enough to get to do that every year Uh, but I was really close um, with my farm director who's like the boss of the entire minor leagues yeah his name was brian graham and we kind of just became friends and and he trusted me uh, and he really helped me out a ton because i think it was like january 8th of my first off season he called me and said do you want to go to florida right now and i was like okay. i'm sitting in arkansas and there's ice on the ground everywhere and i was like absolutely i want to go to florida it's <laughs> it's like 75 degrees down there right now it's like 25 here mm-hmm. so I jumped to the car went down there and I got to do that every year where they would just put me in a hotel room and my job was to just be there two months early really a month and a half early and catch the big leaguers that lived there and it was like mm-hmm. uh, Chris Tillman Zach Britton a couple other guys I think brad brock showed up guys that were like big time oriel names big time names just in baseball and being around them really helped me out to know like oh wow i think i can play at this level and getting to catch Zach Britton, who was just like a magician with a baseball um so then every year i got to do that and then we'll go to early camp and then spring training yeah there's like 100 or so people 120 and it's I think there's like 60 invited to big league camp. There's big league mm-hmm. camp and there's minor league camp. Big league camp, 60 people or so minor league camp, about 100, maybe 120. Long guys get cut from big league yep. camp and mm-hmm. get sent down to minor league camp. But when you're in minor league camp, yeah, it's it. you're based on levels, but it's kind of based on what level they think you're going to go to. And you could – do worse and they send you back to where you were, or do better and they send you back to where you're going to go. Uh, but it's usually four teams because there's four.
0: I know I'm rambling here. Four, there's four, four uh, levels of affiliate affiliates within the farm system. Sure. Sure. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. four
2: four fields.
0: And so yeah. you have four games going on at any given time okay the complex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you uh on, on a day, day-to-day but day basis you and the other guys were moved between these different games or is it not, not as no not literally daily it was just um throughout the course of the of the camp
2: it could be daily mm-hmm. it could be most of the time uh you let's say if you start on the double a team buoy team you're on buoy for most of camp mm-hmm. until about the last week when they send you to your actual team whether it's going to be buoy or norfolk or frederick but there's also a chance that hey it's early in camp so-and-so matt weeders or somebody is Mm -hmm. sick and or is banged up and just needs a day you're going up to big league camp and it was like a big deal with the orioles because our big league camp is here and our major league camp is about five miles away in sarasota so you had to jump in the car and go over there and there's media everywhere taking pictures and stuff and you get to live like a big leaguer and life as a big leaguer is much nicer than life as a minor leaguer in terms of literally everything, the food they had was much (laughs) better. Our, our food over at minor league camp was like runny eggs and burnt bacon and, you know, burnt toast (laughs) and big league camp. They had chefs that would you walk up there and they just say, what do you want? You could say sushi. And they'd be like, all right, give me a little bit. I come back with sushi. It's
0: just, it's two different worlds. Yeah, so the having seen that that taste of, of the high life during spring training, did you ever have the feeling that one year would be be your year, or did you ever feel that there were a player who you you felt you should have been selected ahead of, or how would you now look back on your on your career in that in those spring trainings? I think you you made it to AAA um 2018, it's looking like you to just as was that again? Do you feel hard done by, or what, what's your sort of take up? objective take on your careers as far as you can give one? I feel
2: like 2017 was kind of my year. Mm-hmm. I, I made the high A team for the first time uh, as an opening day roster. We were stacked. We had, just trying to think of the roster, we had Loreno at first, mean mm-hmm. Mercedes was our DH, uh, Drew Turbin, Brian Mountcastle was our shortstop, our third baseman was Joe Reyes, who was like a big-time prospect. Adamari Faella. We had a bunch of prospects in the pen. Uh, Randy Gassaway. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to leave anybody out. Alex Murphy. We were just, like, built to score a ton of yeah. runs. Mm-hmm. And so we were really confident, and we did. We scored a ton of runs. We were in first place, and I was doing really well. I was probably on pace to be an all-star that year. And then... On May, I'm trying to think, so Easter Sunday, we're playing in Carolina, the Carolina Mudcats at North Carolina, and it's a day game, because Mm -hmm. it's Easter, and they have all these signs on their wall, it's a black wall, but they have a bunch of white signs, this guy was throwing like three quarters, which means he's just throwing from over here instead of like way up top, and I just never saw it, and it hit me right in the face, about about 91 Mm -hmm. and luckily i don't know how but i didn't break any teeth i didn't break any bones didn't get concussion or anything like that so i was like "Ooh, dodged a bullet there but then on may 17th of that year i was on base a lot i was i was red hot Mm -hmm. and so i was doing a lot of sliding and i developed this huge uh strawberry on my leg i still have a scar it's about that big And so every time I would slide, it was just excruciating pain. Yeah. And so I had hit a home run this game. I had another base hit. I walked. And so I'm on first. My buddy, Steve Lorino hits a ball about 110 miles an hour at the shortstop ground ball. It's going to be a double play. So I'm running into second. And I'm like, well, I'm going to slide different so it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, my foot caught the ground. And my foot went that way, my left uh, foot, yeah. twisted all around, and I broke a bone and tore a, four or five ligaments in my ankle, but I didn't get surgery right away. I missed about a month, and they sent me to low A, and I knew something was wrong, because I couldn't turn. I could run straight, no problem, yeah. but I couldn't mm-hmm. turn. In fact, I got thrown out several times trying to stretch a single into a double, because I, just, I was limping around first. Yeah and then after the season i said i need an mri something's wrong and i ended up getting surgery on my ankle october 20th of 2017 Mm -hmm. and they were saying like you we might not even play again and i was like what it's just an ankle it's no big deal um but i was out i couldn't walk for two months i was on crutches and then that kind of to be honest with you kind of derailed my career i still played several years after that but I still have metal in my ankle and it's not very flexible. And that just kind of, I think 2017, if I could have stayed healthy that year, who knows what could have happened? You know, it's baseball, but who
0: knows? Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, you've got that one, more one turning point that um, that one specific um, the double or or second base, like you say, which I guess like for any, any athlete is it's hard knowing that you've, you are on fire. You are on a great streak, like you say. Um, do you kind of regret making that decision, or would you, would you rather you've got the first the strawberry on your leg? Would you rather you've got you'd got that checked out super early, or is it almost if you'd shown weakness and gone to the doctor earlier, you would have then lost your place a, a, anyway? Or would you not really think about it in those terms?
2: Well, I, I think it would have. In terms of the injury, I think it was just inevitable it was going to happen yeah. eventually i was going to try to slide to weird for some reason just to try to stop reopening that injury or not an injury but that uh that wound mm-hmm. but i don't know i i think if i would have i ended up hitting okay for the rest of the year just i, I threw out a ton of people when i went to low a to rehab and so i think that kind of solidified me as like a good defender but mm-hmm. it uh I think if i would have it's it's kind of a two, double-edged sword if i would have gotten surgery right away i might have ended up getting released earlier but if i and and not gotten to show that i could play really well but if i the fact that i didn't get surgery until october 20th cost me a shot at bigley camp they called me january 9th i think it was and said hey you're coming off of surgery it's like a five-month rehab so i still had like two months left to go mm-hmm. They said you're coming off a of surgery, you're you're flying to Baltimore tomorrow to see your doctor. And if you if it goes well, then you're gonna be invited to big league camp, which is a huge deal because you get to yep. be around the big league coaches every day. They get to see you in action. The pay is
0: much better. In minor league spring training, you don't get paid at okay. all during spring training. So you're just there for you the get, experience or you get your food and your runny eggs and burnt bacon, but you're just there to to train. Yeah, it's in fact, there,
2: that lawsuit got settled because of that, because we weren't getting paid and we had to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, you you actually get, I still think you don't get paid in spring training as a big leaguer, but you for instance, if you're in minor league camp, you get $140 for the week. And okay. that's your meal money. So $20 a day is your meal yep. money, which doesn't go very far. No. And then if you're in big league camp, you get about $150 a day for food. And so, and it's all cash they just hand you a a envelope with like a thousand dollars in it for the week. So it's a big deal that I was like, I get to go. And then I went to the doctor. He didn't x-ray me or anything. He just said, no, you're not going. And so that was kind of crushing,
0: but it is what it is. (laughs)
1: Let's
0: do it after the Orioles then. So you had a couple of years in the independent leagues. How did, how did that work out? that was how do you join an independent league, and what are the difference perhaps from from the farm systems it's it's a very
2: very different uh mm-hmm. feel it's very different honestly it was a lot it was a lot more fun in a sense mm-hmm. so what happened was in 2019 I had a really good year but I just never played but yeah. I, when I play I was I was hitting homers and catching well but we had like five catchers in double a and only one played, and his name's Carlos Perez. He's in the big leagues right now, and he deserves it. He is, like, an absolute stud. But uh, – and then I, I noticed we drafted Adley Rutschman that year, and so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, he's he's going to start making his way up north and moving through the system. I'm going to end up sitting behind him. So I just said, why don't you all just go ahead and release me? I, I want to take my chances elsewhere and see yeah. if I can maybe sign with another team or maybe even go to Indy Ball. So then COVID happened, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, this is a terrible time. And I ended up going just before COVID to a tryout in Florida for Indie Ball because there was Major League Scouts there, and I was like, oh, this will be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting signed by the High Point Rockers of the Atlantic League, which is like the top league of Indie Ball. It's basically like double A AA or A baseball. Mm-hmm. And I got signed by Billy Horn, and – and Billy Horn is the absolute man. I mean, if without him, I probably would have just been done with baseball then. But fortunately, Billy saw me and, and he was running that whole tryout thing, and Mm -hmm. it went well. And uh, then, but yeah, to to get back to your question, indie ball is, is, is much different. It's everybody has been humbled, because you're no longer an affiliated ball. Uh, You are making uh, probably about the same amount of money you'd make in in double a which is not much maybe about a I don't know two thousand dollars a month maybe less, yep. and just enough to be broke and you're you're playing every day in front of like sometimes it could be really good crowds sometimes it could be no crowds but it's kind of the same in the minor leagues but Everybody there, the one thing I noticed is everybody gets along because they're all hungry. You're all in the same boat. You all have a goal of getting back to affiliated ball. And so you're not there if you don't love baseball. And actually, I had a great time in any ball. It might have been the most fun I ever had playing professional baseball. I played with the High Point Rockers, played with some really, really good guys that I'm still friends with today. And then after that season, I signed with the Gastonia Honey Hunters, which are actually the rival Okay. the high point rockers they're in the same Mm -hmm. state they're only separated by about an hour and a half and that was 2022 was the most fun i've ever had playing baseball like hands down great group of guys we had the most fun every day on the field off the field we were so cohesive and we were really good we just killed everybody and we just got cold at the wrong time we were a game away from making the finals of the playoffs and just lost it. But um, after that, after 2022 and having such a good time and there was just not many opportunities, I was like, I'm not going to be on a team that's more fun than this. And I don't think I'm getting signed. So I think it's time I need to start looking at other
0: options and probably retire. Yeah, so it sounds like. Yeah, things worked out in well at least in, in the right order, so Finishing on on that high point of that, that super fun fun season in in Gastonia, or the super fun two seasons in in the Atlantic League, it sounds like a a great way to to wind down. And as you say, I think it is. When I was doing the research with with Charlie, we said there are some players that can get back into um, the, the the major league system from 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 the Atlantic League. But if it's if you're there for fun and if you've had had the time, maybe it's time time to head out. So what what are you Spending your time doing now? Did you? What was your major in college, or what did you do in your off season? Did you build a, a side career, or what, what, what? What's your current current work life looking like?
2: Well, I am. Uh, I'm getting really into golf. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love golf. In fact, before uh, before we got on this this team's call, I was watching golf. I should have okay. been working, but I was actually <laughs> watching golf. Uh, but. So I'm trying to get good at that. You think that swinging a baseball bat all the time would make you good at swinging a golf club? It really doesn't. A lot more feel in golf. Uh, I've started selling insurance. So if you're in, if you're in Arkansas and you're listening to this and you need home and auto insurance, I'm selling insurance now.
0: Do it, your guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I can I can get you a better rate than what you're paying. I can probably <laughs> I can almost guarantee that. Uh, but I'm also I'm giving lessons at a place called Proformance down the street. Mm -hmm. And it's run by a guy that has about seven years in the big leagues named Dustin Mosley. And he just does everything the right way. Uh, He's all about hard work and showing up on time and making sure you're taking care of your body and getting good grades so that you can get a scholarship. And uh, trying to teach kids to not only be good at baseball and softball, but just be good people. And so I really enjoy my work there. I'm there four or five days a week. Um giving lessons, teaching, catching, teaching, hitting, working with camps. Uh, other than that, me and my girlfriend, just, my girlfriend Cassidy, we just, uh, we got a puppy, and so that's taken up a lot of our time, but life is definitely weird without baseball, but it's kind of nice to not have the stress that goes along with it and the the physical toll,
0: oh, to be honest well, with you. down I love the country and up and down the, the leagues.
2: Yeah. yeah, the bus rides. Mm-hmm. they are miserable you're getting in at 5 6 a.m sometimes after a 10-hour bus ride and making very little money and so you're eating it you know not the best places
0: and so you're always feeling bad and plus catching is just very demanding on your body
2: yeah
0: baseball your life in baseball you said you're working with with these kids in in the camps with with dustin but are you are you watching the game? Do you, do you tune into the Orioles? Or are you back to your childhood love of the Braves? Or what's your current relationship with with the professional leagues?
2: Honestly, I was going to say, I think my favorite team right now and has been for the last couple of years has been the Blue Jays. I've watched nice. a lot of Blue mm-hmm. Jays games. Uh, they're just really exciting. They just need to get better pitching. Yes. You know, Jose Barrios, man, I don't understand how he gets hit with the stuff he has because he's the nastiest guy in the big leagues, but he's been getting hit. I don't know why, but their offense is just explosive. I love watching Vladdy Jr. and Bo Bichette hit, Definitely. and even Espinal. I love watching Espinal hit. Um, But no, it's it's fun to to do those camps. I've actually, I was really worried about what I was going to do after baseball because Mm -hmm. I majored in exercise science in college, but I had no desire to do anything like that. And so I interviewed for a job with the Braves as a catching coach, and it just kind of fell through. I didn't get it. Although I really thought I should have. And, you know, that might be something down the road that I might be interested in. But I'm kind of enjoying time away from baseball, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, and just hanging out with family more. But I I wasn't sure what I was going to do after that. So I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I got to make some money. So I got really into coding because everybody's like, oh, learn to code, learn to code. And so I'm working on a program that takes up a lot of my time i'm I'm working on a program to try to predict winners of baseball games okay uh where you can type in home team away team who's the starting pitchers who's in the lineup home game night game whatever what stadium is it at and it should predict the winner it's still a work in progress but that's
0: that's kind of my little hobby and that and golf well, that sounds again, that, that uh, coding coding tool if if there are any progress made, do be be sure to sure to loop me in on on the listeners of the podcast in on and whatever ever secrets you're able to able to uncover. Um, I hope it works one day. definitely. We'll a, that sounds really interesting. They've got this uh, complete balance of so a bit of getting your competitive side up maybe by by playing playing golf, but equally you're sharing your experiences. Uh, of your career with with the kids at these camps and also with me and the listeners of of the podcasts so um back to the very start of how we got in touch where I was mistaken for you on on Twitter was social media and media appearances a big part of your playing career did you do lots of tv interviews or newspaper interviews in these small towns you were playing in or what What? how, how did that work for you in, in your career it's pretty rare to get
2: interviews you uh, if you're if you're just a guy like me who wasn't a high rounder that got a lot of money you'll get interviewed maybe let's say you had a really good game a few days ago they might interview you today the the radio guy for your local team Mm -hmm. but if you're like a first rounder let's say like a a dl hall or a jason uh or not who am i thinking of dl hall or adley rutschman or guys Mm -hmm. like that uh they're getting interviewed all day every day i don't know how they do it how they deal with it the scrutiny and and all that so i guess it was kind of a blessing in disguise i i don't know it's a blessing in disguise to not be a first-rounder because then you have to put up with all the tertiary things that come with it but it
0: wasn't too bad to be honest it wasn't but did you enjoy that side of it i mean did were you ever recognized while while out on the street in in, in Aberdeen or in uh, Gastonia? Definitely not. I'm I'm not really a go out type of person anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. I kind of just enjoy staying at home and especially after a hot game, you just kind of want to lay in bed and stare at the ceiling. So I never really got recognized. I I don't, I think even some big name, big leaguers could walk down the street and not get recognized. It's just kind of it's kind of the state of baseball in America right now. I hope it improves. Um, mm-hmm. One thing we need to get rid of is blackouts. I don't know yes. if y'all probably don't get those over in the uh, UK, but, yeah, we got to get rid of blackouts. I can never watch the Rangers games.
0: Yeah, it's no, really gonna, it's a very uh, strange, strange concept that, yeah, I mean, in baseball, you have so many games so you should be able to to, to watch them. It's, it's not, not realistic at all to expect. Was it what the rule that if, if the game is not allowed in the stadium, it can't be broadcast in in the area? Is that right? I'm, I'm thinking about a different sport, but yeah, it's uh, seems strange. There was there was
2: one time I think I was in, I was in Gaston. I meant no, I might have mm-hmm. been in High Point, but I'm in North Carolina regardless. Yeah, and it was like the Cubs playing the Reds in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we're 500 miles away from Cincinnati and like 700 miles away from uh, Chicago. And it said I was blacked out because I was too close to the stadium. <laughs> I was like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. You want to grow the game and you're, you're doing that.
0: Yeah, but but you're, that's my gripe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, we'll show, maybe you could uh, code some way of getting around these, these geo geo restrictions. Maybe that could be another, another project for, for your, your software interest. Um, but, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other question on, on that topic. The, were those games in in gastonia or high point Were they broadcast either on a like a simple youtube feed or on some smaller cable channel or what was the they were all all broadcast even at the low level
2: there when i was there they were youtube i think they're with sports now or something Mm -hmm. where you have to pay 30 bucks a month which is another stupid idea yeah that's more expensive than the mlb package but yeah, yeah, a lot of the games from High Point got deleted off YouTube. I don't know if that was copyright or some reason. So um, you can't see those, but it, you can find a lot of games on uh,
0: on YouTube if you just look up Gastonia Honey Hunters. Yeah, now we'll be sure to be sure, sure to post some of those in the episode description so Stuart it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you and we can certainly uh, have an- another chat uh, another time I'm sure you've got a huge a huge baseball knowledge so I thank you very much for for your time uh today or this afternoon as it is for you um so back to the social media so you are Stuart underscore Levy Levy on Instagram on and that's where we can find yes. you yeah so that, that's and me then, on Twitter but you're on Instagram
2: and uh, yeah I, I don't I don't really use Twitter too much or X, whatever mm-hmm. it is now, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Instagram is Stuart underscore Levy and just Stuart Levy. Yeah. It was so wonderful meeting another Stuart out there and Definitely. thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'd love to come back.
0: You can find the podcast at Swollen Jaw Pod and please remember to share and review so that other baseball fans can find us. Please get in touch if you have a story, idea or suggestion about your team that I need to know about and tune in next week to hear more about my journey into baseball.